Welcome to episode seven of Super States, Practices of Transformation with me, your host, Joshua Peters. If you, like me, find yourself fascinated with this idea of using trance states to grow your personal or professional life, whether that's hypnosis or psychedelics or breath work or sexuality or any other type of trance state, you're listening to the right podcast. This week, I talk with Chrissy Marie. Chrissy is an embodiment guide and a breathwork facilitator, and she's about to teach us about the wisdom in wonder. Stay tuned, wisdom and wonder through breathwork with Chrissy Marie. Welcome to Super States. I am really excited uh, to be here today with, with Chrissy Marie. Chrissy is an embodiment guide, uh, a breathwork facilitator, and an all-around uh, wonderful human being. Uh, welcome to the show, Chrissy. Thank you. I'm very excited to, to be here and to share. Uh, I'm excited to hear, hear uh, your, your ideas and, and how you like to to work with people. So Chrissy, my, my first question is usually something like uh, describing what you can do. So like, how, what is it that you do uh, as an embodiment guide, as a breathwork facilitator? And how does this, uh, how does this transform people's lives? Yeah, that's a big question. I'll, I will see if we can boil it down <laughs> to the Sparknotes version. Um, but essentially, at the essence of what I do is I help people plug back into a sense of aliveness of being alive. And that is through different modalities, a lot of nervous system recalibration. So teaching people about how their nervous system works, how they can be with it in a way where they can feel safe in flow states and super states and especially in states of play. I, I love working with parts. I do a lot of parts work. So a lot like inner child work, archetypal work. Um, and I primarily work with like thought leaders, high achievers, other wellness practitioners who are feeling like they can't enjoy their, like they're just not connected to their work anymore. They're overworked, they're burnt out, or they're feeling some imposter syndrome. And I help them move through that back into a space of feeling really lit up about what they're doing. Yeah, I like that. And, you know, I follow you on, uh, on the social medias. And one of the things that I really like about what I see you doing is you will sometimes post these videos of you just dancing mm -hmm. and just, ha and feeling joy. And those are really inspiring. Just, I'm sure you probably get this, but just, just to let you know, they're really inspiring to, to see. And that sense of play that you're talking about, very important to living a, a, a powerful embodied life. Mm. I love that. That's how it's received. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, Chrissy, how did you find yourself here? Like what was your journey to get to where you are now? Yeah. Well, I've always been very curious. Curiosity is like the undertone of my, I'd say my essence and always curious about connection and communication and how to make that how to deepen that and how to become more masterful in that so that I, I could have the relationships that I was craving that I, I didn't get to have as a child. And so that journey, I just kept following my curiosity. 
and putting myself in containers or in spaces where it felt a little um, edgy, like where I knew that I would be stretched, but I also felt called into those spaces like leadership um, courses, masterminds, different, we can talk about different types of uh, super state scenarios. Yeah. And, and I built a sense of self-trust, trust in my capacity to hold space for the full spectrum of my humanity, which I didn't have growing up. I didn't have a lot of resources around how to manage big sensations in my body. And the more I learned, the more I shared. I knew that I wanted to work in some sort of small group or one-on-one capacity with people. Um, so I did get a master's in clinical social work, and then I've just continued to self-study and gather other certifications and different modalities so that I can, you know, meet people wherever they're at and help them experience that sense of self-trust as well. That's quite a quite a journey from social work to where you are now. Yeah, and I still do. Like ther- I still do traditional therapy and I air, I'm air quoting traditional because I still bring breath work and energy work and everything into therapy when clients are open to receiving that. But yeah, it's a mix of this using my degree. And then also five years ago, I went off um, and started to run my own business and work for myself and take private clients on. And so, yeah, I do a little bit of everything. <laughs> So what would you say has fundamentally changed about how you work with clients from when you first started until now? I prepare way less. Um, when I first started, I I took on this belief via academia that knowledge equaled credibility and it equaled competence. And now what I realize is that presence and my capacity to self-regulate is actually what makes my sessions with people so potent. And instead of going in with an agenda of what they need and, and how, you know, I might look good in a session based on what I know and what I can bring, I trust the process way more. And I, I'm much more masterful in helping clients guide the session you know, by being very intentional and diving deep into their own inner wisdom. Yeah, that's, um, I think that's a pretty common, that, that's my experience too, is at, at first you're like, okay, here we're going to do these things and you're going to have results. And, but eventually you get to that point where they're, they're giving you what they, what they want. All you have to do is listen, be present yeah. and be there holding that space with them. Mm -hmm. Totally. And so many people who come to me have not had the experience of being with somebody who isn't trying to fix them in a helping container. Somebody who's just at the essence of what I do now is the energy of allowing and teaching people how to allow whatever is arising Mm -hmm. for them and recognizing and beginning to trust in the organic alchemy that occurs when you allow whatever arises and a lot of people are like, wow, I've never, never done that. And it's so simple. And they're like surprised how quickly they can move through things when they're not trying to move through things. Yeah. Or stop it from happening. Exactly. Yeah. You, you mentioned that you do a lot of self-learning. How do you do self-education? Like what is it, what are your, where are your go-to uh, 
sources. Yeah. Well, that's changed too. Initially, I was investing in membership programs and masterminds and small group coaching and business coaching. And so, yeah, I've, I've invested a lot of time and money into having support, like professional support systems. And I still very much value that. Obviously, it's what I do. So <laughs> I value investment, investing in, in other people. And right now, a lot of it, a lot of where I'm at is like integration space. It's putting everything I've learned into practice. And I found, I continue to find that when I take myself through like a breathwork journey or I sit with myself and I sound or I do journaling or I just have a conversation with myself, I learn a lot <laughs> from turning inward and yeah. recognizing more and more that the next best step is a, like a conscious conversation away with myself. As they say, we have all the answers and all the resources that we need. Yeah. 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 When you're using, uh, so you, you use breath work, you're using, uh, you're embodying, helping people embody these kinds of uh, experiences. How are you utilizing different states of consciousness to help them to do that? So, so sometimes I'll use breath work with clients where I'll teach them uh, certain breath patterns and how to use the breath to alter the state and to slip into a deeper space of allowing. That's the primary way that I support people specifically in an altered state. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes people experience altered states and that when I guess maybe to bring some context in, states that are different from their autopilot, from their day-to-day -day, like right. <laughs> presence sometimes feels like an altered state, you know, Absolutely, where it's like, wow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in my life. Oh my gosh. Um, so bringing people back to presence, I do a lot of mindfulness work. Like if I'm not taking them into a breath pattern, I'm just asking them to say hello to their breath and hello to their body and just yeah. noticing what's happening in the moment. So it's a lot of that first and foremost, as people build a body of resilience and comfortability with doing that and then taking them a little bit deeper. Great. What are, where did you get introduced to breath work? I got introduced to breath work in a, I think it was this, a second weekend workshop called the bridge method with Preston smiles and Alexi Panos. They're a beautiful married couple that do absolutely phenomenal transformation work. And it was about, four years ago, I think, four or five years ago that I went and they did, they guided breath work and it just like blew my mind. Hmm. I had such a powerful experience of energy moving through me and it was the first time I'd had the experience of an altered state without any sort of like plant medicine or substance use and I was blown away that I could feel what I was feeling just by using my breath. And right after that, I was like, I have to, I have to teach this. I have to learn, I have to share this with more people. So I got certified to, to guide people through breath work. And did you get certified in the bridge method? No, I took a, a separate course outside of that. What is the, what was your certification in breath work? Uh, certification to teach like groups and individuals. It was through, I think his name is John Paul, John Paul Crimi. 
has an online teaching, mm-hmm. but there's so many. And if people are interested, I would recommend a trauma-informed training. This particular one was not. Um, okay. I've just had, I have a trauma-informed background from the sure. work I do. But as I took the training, I was like, I think, yeah, I think there could be some more things said here. <laughs> yeah. And are there certain methods that you have found are trauma-informed? I haven't gone out of my way to look for other other particular certifications okay. just because I have the background. But um, at the essence, lots of choice. So learning how to pre-frame breath work for people so that they feel like they can slow down if they need to, that they can move and back out if they need to, um, learning how to kind of look for people who might be overly activated and support them during that. Um, but yeah, there's, there are, there are trauma informed trainings out there and I can certainly, um, give you some, I have a few that I just don't know off the top of my head that I can leave with the audience if anybody's sure. curious. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fascinated with breath work having gone through, um, I believe it was a version of rebirthing that, yeah. that I, I did with, a a couple, probably five times, five different times. Mm. a few years ago. And that was my first introduction to breath work and same, yeah. same experience as you. Like it was amazing how powerful using just the breath can be to change your state. Right. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> so what do you, what do you think is something that other breath work facilitators should either start or stop doing? I would say definitely start um, offering people choice in breathwork. Um, but, and again, by that I mean you can go faster if you want. You can go slower if you want. You don't have to follow this particular pace. And, and being very clear about what can happen as you start to change your state and what that might feel like and what that might bring up and and ways of being with that as things start to shift. Because I remember I had never felt the way I felt when before mm-hmm. I did the breath work and things were happening to my body where my body was like moving off the floor and twitching and my chest was popping up off the floor and I at first resisted that movement. I was like, whoa, I don't know about that. And and eventually I let it happen and it was really lovely, but I think I was only able to allow it to happen because I'd been in other altered states before and I had a specific mantra that I was using for myself to help me feel safe. And so creating safety within those containers for breathwork is important and safety stems from having a lot of choice and different ways of being with what's arising so that, you know, if you do feel like you're on an edge and you're nervous, you can pull back. Um, so I think that's really important to have that there. Um, I haven't experienced breathwork with a lot of other different facilitators. So to be honest, I don't have too much feedback, but what I do enjoy, what I have liked from other facilitators is that choice is, gentle guidance Mm -hmm. as, you know, I'm participating in the breathing. 
Um, and I've never had a bad experience with breath work. I've had some neutral experiences with yeah. breath work. And I think reminding people that with altered states, every single time you drop into to something like that, it's going to be different. So mm -hmm. releasing expectations, I really love a pre-frame around release whatever expectations you have for this journey. Yeah. And uh, a facilitator who wasn't doing breath work, she was guiding a shamanic journey. She said, something to the nature of um, expect nothing but be open to miracles, something like that. Sure. And I really yeah. loved that. <laughs> I, I like to frame what I do with people when they come. Like you probably have an expectation about what is about to happen and yeah. it's almost entirely wrong. Yeah. So why don't you just leave that off to the side and just let this be whatever it's going to be for you. Yes. yes. <laughs> exactly that, right? Yeah. And inviting people to have an intention, but then to let the intention go and to trust that they're going to get whatever it is that they need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like to set that as a little, plant that as a seed. Yeah, You're always a, getting what you need. <laughs> that's a great frame to, to go into any kind of situation, like any really kind. any kind of yeah. life moment. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that's really a, a beautiful idea to be more gentle with the breath work. Because as, as I think back to that process that I did, it was very regimented. It's like, you breathe like this, and if, if you slow down, they'll remind you to yeah. speed back up again, get back to the rhythm. Yeah. And uh, sometimes that's hard. Some Now, there's a balance to that, right? Because some yeah. of it is is a little bit of pushing through what's uncomfortable yep. to get to that transformative moment. But yep. then there's also, okay, we've got there now. Now you can kind of play with it a little bit because there now the energy is flowing through you. And it's, right. I notice when I get to the end of a breathwork session, it's like, I don't even really need to breathe. <laughs> yeah. You're just so full of air. <laughs> just sit there, lay there and just, I don't, yeah. do I even need to breathe? Yeah. <laughs> I think I might need to eventually. <laughs> yeah. I could just exist for a while. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. do you think is the most misunderstood thing about breath work? Ah. Uh, well, a lot of people don't understand why you would sit and consciously breathe. You're like, well, <laughs> we do that anyways, right? right? So people just don't understand the science around actively breathing. Uh, for extended periods of time. I think that's the most common thing I get is there's just a lack, there's no reference point for it and people are, they don't understand it. Some people come in afraid as well. They're mm -hmm. like, oh gosh, am I going to be able to handle this? So that's where choice comes in. Um, a lot of times I'll get, oh yeah, like yoga, like breathe like alternate nostril breathing or things like that. And I think what people don't understand is there's a lot of diversity in breath work. There's yeah. a lot of different ways that you can alter your state. You can use different methods, different patterns, open mouth, closed mouth, all, right? And so I that's another thing that I do a little bit differently is I was trained in a very specific technique and I share the technique with people, but then I also give them like two other ways that they could breathe. And I tell people, I'm like, if you don't like this way, if this is uncomfortable for your back or your chest or your neck, try this or this or this, right. have a play with all three or four techniques. You know, I don't always use that tech, the, the technique I was trained in. Sometimes I just do something else. So, um, yeah, I am very flexible. And I think sometimes maybe there's an expectation that you have to follow the technique. You have, I get a lot of, 
type A overachievers come in and they're like, am I doing this right? Yeah, right. <laughs> am, I, am I checking the boxes? Am I getting what I came for? And it's Do like, I get the yes. gold star? <laughs> right. Am I the best breathwork participant? Yes, 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 and yes, you know? So then, then we're now we're back at what are your expectations and how can we drop them? Yeah, yeah, I love it. Uh, as, you're, as you go through your journey, who do you look up to? Who's your role model or do you have a mentor? Yeah, so right now I am in different containers, mostly creative containers around writing and sharing your story and things of that nature. Um, there's nobody that I, I like constantly follow um, right now. Again, going back to what I spoke to earlier, I look up to my higher self, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like I, I really trust there's a version of me that just knows um, what she needs. And, but there's been so many people along the way. I, I couldn't name them all. Um, I will say that some, I'll just share some of my favorite books and things that I've been learning from right now. So Atomic Habits is one of my favorite books. I use that a lot with clients, the science of behavior change and how to embrace small shifts. And my, a lot of my work has been shifting into teachings around what I'm calling tiny moments, tiny moments in life where there's magic happening that maybe we brush over because we're focused on a different timeline or tiny shifts that we're having in terms of are we integrating confidence, courage, connection that we easily can brush past because we're looking for the big moments, the the big breakthrough, uh, ugly crying transformation or <laughs> the huge yeah. insight. We miss all the little moments of magic, wonder, and wisdom. So that book has been really supportive along with Cal Newport wrote two books called Digital Minimalism and Deep Work. Mm. And those are books about more spacious, intentional living away from technology. And I'm loving that as well. Those are fantastic. I'll make sure to link to all of those books in the yeah. show notes. Yeah. So but there's been so many. I mean, I have a stack of books <laughs> that yeah. that I still have yet to read, and and same with same as you. Like, there's so many people that you you gleam little. Like, even just watching you do your your dancing, right? That's a moment. That's a yeah. a, a piece of inspiration that can uh, help people find that childlike sense of wonder for mm-hmm. those tiny moments that yeah. show up in life. Yep. Stop and smell the roses, as they say. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so based on, on all of your experiences, can you give us um, a practical way that someone can use a, a super state that you gain from breath work to improve something in their life? Yeah, absolutely. So I wanna, if I'm going to use breath work to support me, I will usually go in with an intention. Sometimes that intention is show me what I need to know. <laughs> Right? Or, or give me a show me an integration, something practical that I can do to support this this goal that I have or this intention that I have. Um, and yeah, and then I'll take myself through a short session. Um, and I like to ask at the end, what do I need to know right now? That that's one of my favorite questions to ask clients uh, or myself is, what do I need to hear or what do I need to remember right now? And trusting the simplicity of the answer. 
Um, and usually a breathwork session will lead me to some sort of inspired action. I'll usually get a hit around like, oh, message this person or do this thing or take yourself through this tiny ritual. So I usually leave with something that I can go out and do to create more momentum and sustain whatever feeling yeah. I experienced during that state. An actionable item. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I'm all about that, right? Somebody called me an integration artist once, and I loved that because <laughs> I'll, we can jump from state to state. It's sometimes I see a lot of people chasing states, and I think what's important is to recognize like there's magic in between the super states as well, and also there's wisdom that needs to be integrated from those super states, and it's important that we're actively shifting the way we be in the world so that yeah, the, we're not just like waiting for the next super state right. experience. Kind of like chasing the next high, right? Chasing the next high, yeah. right? Finding the tiny little hits in between instead. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Are there any risks that you people need to know about uh, using breath work? And if so, how can how can they lower those? Yeah, there's some contraindications. Usually if you have a heart condition, if you have a history of seizures, if you're going through like a, if you have uh, like a lot of medication management happening or you're going through like a really difficult emotional time, then it's advised that you don't engage in breath work to the extent that you all you go into an altered state. Mm -hmm. You can still utilize your breath consciously by paying attention to it, by slowing it down or deepening it. Um, but yeah, those are the contraindications. Also pregnancy, they say with any of these that I'm mentioning, just talk to your doctor about that and, um, also do some research into like holotropic breath work or conscious connected breathing. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, but it's very, very safe. It's very, very safe and you're in control the whole time. So as you're doing the breath work, if at any point you feel like you're out of your depth, you can slow it down. And yeah. I always recommend though doing it with somebody who teaches and who can guide you and support you through any new, th new and, you know, interesting things that might arise for you. And is breath work something that can be done, uh, online? Yeah. So I, mostly only do it online. I have a membership where I do a breathwork session every month and a masterclass that goes along with it. And people sometimes join live or sometimes people will jump on the replays. Um, so yeah, you can do it anytime, anywhere, maybe not while driving. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a lot of people love the online membership situation because you can just do it privately from like the comfort of your bed sure. um, or your backyard or things like that. That's great. Uh, how do how do you imagine the the future of using these types of altered states, like like breath work or plant medicines or or whatever, uh, for creating personal growth? What what gives you hope? What gives me hope is seeing people who I wouldn't expect to be curious about it come in. You know, yeah. um, especially especially uh, when I was down in Alabama for a little while. I was in a military town, had some military men come in and do breath work, people who um, were a little skeptical or wary and then had some really beautiful heart-opening experiences. Um, but yeah, I think it's becoming more and more uh, recognizable. People are talking about it more. I know Wim Hof has kind of made breath work a, a big yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it is more in the mainstream now. And I think that's really exciting. 
And I think that's why the conversation around making sure it's trauma-informed and that there's clear and safe and credible practitioners um, setting up these containers is really important. But yeah, I actually, I, I feel very hopeful. I I feel very hopeful. I'm an optimist, but yeah. <laughs> I think I think it's just going to continue, especially with social media, I think it's going to continue to um, pique people's interests. Yeah, I mean, it's just fascinating how the breath, which is one of, well, I think it might be the only um, unconscious behavior that we actually have conscious control over, right? We, we can't control yeah. our heart rate, our our body temperature, but we can control our breath. Yes. Or can't control digestion, right? But this right. is like one of those things that we can control. Yeah. And, and one of the things I found fascinating is that the central nervous system and the, the pathways in our body that control our stress response are 80% of those pathways stem from the body up to the brain, whereas 20 stem from the brain down. So sometimes you might hear people talk about a bottom-up approach versus a top-down approach. And a bottom-up approach is extremely effective because you've got 80% of these neural paths. Like when we can control our body, basically, when we can control our physiological response using mm -hmm. breath, mm -hmm. um, we, we have a, a much higher capacity or chance to be able to influence our stress response than just using mantra or talk therapy or thought uh, pivots alone. Yeah. Moving from a more physiological perspective is really, really, really effective. Yeah. But rather than just push through or yeah, any yeah. of those other, uh, even like even meditating, right. That's again, focusing on the mind, but I, but I think it does bring in breath because a lot of times we're focusing on our breath when we're meditating. Totally, totally. And as somebody with like I had been diagnosed with ADHD, I've always had a harder time sitting still with for meditation. Mm -hmm. And I found breath work to be uh, a better fit for me when it comes to some sort of mindfulness activity mm -hmm. because it is more active. It's a more active like, whoo, okay, I'm moving. There's something to focus on. And yeah. yeah, so I found that for a lot of my more neurodivergent clients, they enjoy that more than just a sit still and breathe regularly type of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Chrissy, if somebody wants to learn more about you, how can they be in touch? So they can find me. My website is called theartofaliveness.com. And I also have a podcast on Spotify and iTunes called The Art of Aliveness. So they can find me on either of those spaces um, or they can find me on social media. I can drop links in my um Instagram is at come alive with Chrissy and then I can drop my, my Facebook stuff in there too. Yeah. Great. I'll, I'll make sure that all that stuff is in the show notes for those that are interested. Yay. And then what is, what is the one insight that you want this audience to leave with today? So it's one, one of my favorite quotes is, I think it's by Socrates. It's wisdom begins in wonder. And I'm a big fan of wonder and curiosity and kind of going back to dropping expectations and meeting life with a beginner's mind. And I found that that particular attitude going into any sort of altered state, super state, um, is so empowering, is so powerful, that childlike curiosity. Um, and 
and anybody can get there. I, I have found it, with play or altered states, like no matter what your background is, no matter if you believe that you can or not, I've, I've always found that um, anybody can access play, wonder, um, a super state. So yeah, that's that wisdom begins in wonder piece is really, really special for me. I love that. That's really uh, t- brings back brings back the dancing again, right? Just that yeah. that <laughs> stop it and smell the roses, be present, have that childlike sense of wonder. Yeah, it's everything. Well, thank you so much, Chrissy, for for joining us today. Really appreciate your uh, your energy and how you show up and uh, all the, the content that you do put out into the world. Mm, thank you so much for having me. This has been wonderful. If you can hear my voice now, that means you stuck around for the entire show. Thank you so much for supporting this show and our guests. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts because that's really the best way to expand this message. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast through your favorite platform, or you can subscribe on YouTube where this podcast is in video format. That way you'll stay up to date with Super States. Also, let me know what topics you're interested in or the guests that you'd like me to interview in future episodes. You can get in touch with the comments. You can also find me on most of the social medias out there at Joshua Ray Peters. Don't be shy. I will answer your comments. I'll see you all next week. Remember, you carry the seeds of change inside of you. Stay flexible. Keep growing. And embrace your transformation. Transformation.